Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is professional spikeball player Chris Hornacek. He's the only player to play in every tour stop in a tournament season. He's going to explain the sport, how he got involved, and how he became a professional. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Super stoked to you know introduce spikeball to everybody here. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and you know, first off, can you explain what the sport is? There might be some people listening that have no idea. Of course, yeah. Um, I'll I'll give my quick little spiel here. <laughs> so the sport is kind of like two on two beach volleyball, except instead of trying to spike the ball over the net, you're trying to spike the ball off of a little circular trampoline that's on the ground. So you and your partner have up to three alternating contacts, kind of like a bump, a set, and a spike in beach volleyball, to spike the ball off of the net. Every time the ball hits the net, it changes possession between teams. So then the other team tries to respond with three contacts of their own to spike it on the net, uh, and you rally back and forth until someone fails to bring the ball back to the net. Uh, Unlike volleyball, though, there are no sides and there are no boundaries. So you can play in a full 360 degrees of play, you can hit the ball forwards, backwards with any part of your body. The goal is just to make it uh, impossible for the other team to get it back to the net. And that's how you score. That was a really great explanation. And I have played, I actually had a bootleg version of Spike Ball. I think it was like the Target brand. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I have since upgraded, I do have the real Spike Ball set. But it's really fun to play, you know, at a backyard barbecue or if you're on the beach. It's, it's a blast. Yeah, it's one of those games that, um, you know, can be easily played in your backyard at any skill level. Um, and it really meets you where you are um, as an athlete and with your familiarity to the game. So it's fun, uh, you know, from the first time you play up until you're traveling the country playing it professionally. <laughs> yeah, we will get into that. But let's start at the beginning. Chris, where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in a suburb of Chicago called Naperville. Okay. Um, Yep, and uh, just so happens that the sport of spike ball was started in a nearby suburb, uh, Arlington Heights, and uh, that's where I happened to, um, my, my roommate in college was from there, so he found out about spike ball before all of us, and he introduced me to the game. I played uh, volleyball in high school and college, so he was like, well, if you're a volleyball guy, you're going to love this. This is kind of our thing, and uh, it turns out he was right. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't realize spike ball was made in Illinois or invented in Illinois, I should say. Yeah, well, actually, fun fact. Um, originally, it was a, uh, a toy from, it was only sold at Toys R Us in like 1989. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, it didn't really take off, but um, one, one happy customer who became the CEO of spike ball was obsessed with it. And he had broken it a bunch of times. He was playing it too competitively with his, you know, with, with, with all of his friends. He had duct taped it back together a million times. And he just said, you know, there's something here. And, you know, I wonder whatever happened to this. And it turns out that the, the trademark was up on it. And he was like, I'm going to rebrand this for the hyper competitive, uh, you know, person that's like 18 to 24. And uh, it just it just took off from there. Wow. Okay. So now, what year did you start playing spike ball? So I played my first game of spike ball all the way back in 2010. Wow. Uh, the sport was kind of reborn in 2007. Well, I say the game really at that point. Um, our first competitive season wasn't really until like 2014, probably. Um, so yeah, I played a little bit in college, you know, which was 2010 through 2013. 
and, you know, loved it, but it was just kind of, you know, not super competitive. And then after college is when we found out about all these tournaments going on in 2014 and that people were traveling nationally and we were watching all these people play so much better than we were. We were like, oh my God, there's something here. This is cool. So we, you know, started emulating all the other kids in the videos. A couple of my friends started taking it a little bit more seriously before I did. Um, they started traveling for it. So I just kind of followed them around and went to a couple tournaments and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. That's amazing. And you're right. It did start off as more of a game. Now it really has evolved into a sport. Yeah. Yeah. No, it like, it still does have its roots kind of in that, you know, backyard setting, you know, the company's, you know, big success is, you know, selling it to the average consumer here, but it, you know, alongside it, they're also investing in building an entire sport out of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just really, it's just really grown over the years. And, you know, when I started, we were super stoked, you know, we travel all the way across the country to like Virginia or something to play in like a 20 team tournament. And we thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And now we're, you know, being featured on ESPN and we've had 300 team tournaments and it's taking off internationally. And it's, so it's, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now I feel like it's really branded as being played on sand, but you grew up in Illinois. There's really not a beach. I mean, I guess you have the lakes, but growing up, did you mostly play it on the grass? Uh, yeah, I'd say we mostly played on grass in college. I actually played it first on the beach, uh, at, at, you know, North Avenue beach in Chicago. Um, and I've always had an affinity for it on sand. I think it's, I think it's my favorite surface at least. Mm -hmm. Um, but this, the game really speeds up a lot when you start playing on grass and stuff like that. So, yeah, probably mostly playing on grass, being from the Midwest. Um, but love me a good sand tournament. Yeah, yeah. And plus with sand, when you, like, dive for the ball, it doesn't hurt as much. Right, yeah. Dives are free, but then you move a little bit slower. So it's kind of that push-pull factor of, like, you might not get to exactly where you want to be, but then you get to dive for it. And I find that a, a little bit more dynamic, and I, I love that. For sure. Now, growing up, you mentioned you played some volleyball. Any other sports for you? Uh, yeah, growing up, I was I was always an athlete. Uh, so my main sports uh, before volleyball were baseball and tennis. Uh, I played baseball from about five to seventeen, and then I played tennis from about eight to seventeen, okay. something like that. Um, and then in high school, I picked up, uh, I picked up volleyball and just absolutely loved it and then continued to play club in college. And then all of a sudden spike ball. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, how tall are you? Were you a blocker on the volleyball court? Uh, so I was a middle blocker. Uh, you know, a lot of people say I'm tall. I'm uh, just under six two, um, which in the men's game of volleyball is actually very short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, I, uh, I certainly wasn't going anywhere D one with that height. They wouldn't have even looked at my, uh, and my tape, but you know, um, I was just excited to keep playing in college and luckily our club was very competitive. Uh, so, you know, it certainly felt, uh, it certainly felt very serious and I, I like that. Very awesome. Yeah. You start off college at IU, right? Indiana university. Yep. Indiana university, uh, for, uh, three years. Okay. Nice. Now, did you attend a lot of the basketball games? Oh yes, very much. Basketball is something you have to get into once you become a Hoosier. It's not really an option. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great program. I'd love to see get to see that court one day. How do you like the new hire of Mike Woodson? Uh, you know, I, I haven't followed as much over the last couple of years as I would probably like to. Um, so definitely wouldn't be able to, you know, say too much on that. Um, but I was sad to see that we didn't make the – 
the bracket this year. You know, I've obviously been watching March Madness here. That's, mm. you know, one of my favorite times of year. Oh, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, even if I'm not, even if I'm not following the whole college season, it's, uh, it, it's just fun no matter what. So I was a little disappointed to, you know, not see my Hoosiers there, but it seems like the Big Ten's having a rough time anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, this tournament they are. But actually, as of recording, the IU girls are playing in the Elite Eight. All right. Let's nice, go. yeah. <laughs> now, you know, you mentioned playing spike ball in college. How often would you get to play? Well, so our freshman year, we started uh, a club. Um, and we got, you know, we got like 30 or so kids kind of involved. We were playing once a week. Uh, and that was pretty good. That lasted not quite until the end of the year. We didn't really have our hearts set on, like, continuing to grow that which is kind of a big regret because now college is such a, like a huge thing. And it would have been cool to have IU be a little bit more ahead of the curve on that, as opposed to just kind of catching up. Um, but, um, you know, I'd say in college, you know, that, that first year we probably were playing once a week for a while. And then after that, it was really only a couple of times a year. Um, you know, we play at tailgates and stuff like that with a beer in our hand and, you know, like, you know, more casual, a little less serious, um, and then once we found out that like you could take this way too seriously, that's when that's when we were playing you like way too much. Yeah. Just wait. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, yeah, so you spent three years at IU, then you transfer to Northern Illinois. Why did you make that transfer? Uh, so I I left IU for health reasons, and then decided to pick up by you know going to Northern. Just seemed a little bit easier than going back to Indiana a year later. Um, and then that also made it a little bit easier. I just got, I just started to get really into spike ball and stuff like that. And I was kind of pursuing both of those at the same time. Uh, and all the good spike ball was in Chicago and I, you know, I was, so I, I still didn't want to give that up. Uh, but then I started playing, uh, you know, volleyball at Northern Illinois as well. Uh, so that was good. Um, and then at some point it just became like, all right, I want to really dive into spike ball and take this too seriously. So I I put college on hold again and, um, and have a look back since, (laughs) you know, I, I really admire people like you that, you know, we're going to talk about your decision to become professional in this sport. And it's just awesome. You don't really do that nine to five life. And it's kind of scary to think about for me personally, but I would, I would love to just jump into something that I have a passion about and just go for it. Yeah, you know, I I certainly, like, I think on the outside it can look like that. I think at the beginning it was a little bit of, like, it was more like I was very lost and didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that, like, I felt really, really good playing spike ball. And, like, I knew that one felt right. And so I just leaned into that kind of more than anything, and it just kind of became a, a happy accident that that kind of kept taking off and becoming a little bit brighter of an option. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to just be able to, you know, follow my passion there and not have to make as, as pragmatic of a choice as a lot of other people do. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. So can you talk more about how you became a professional and what that entails? Is there sponsorships? What's going on? Yeah, so um, truly, I just decided one day that I was going to be professional. Um, I think that's really all it took was it was like, all right, I'm going to dedicate all my time to this. This is going to be my main source of income. And um so I branded myself a, a, a professional. I think some people, I think some people get really bogged down in like 
you know, not wanting to, you know, say that they're professional. It's something that's a little bit less of a, you know, like common sport or something like that. Or they think that like, oh, well, you know, until I'm making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you know, like, then I'd be professional. Um, and I just really decided to just go for it. And, um, you know, I had some, you know, like some minimal sponsorships along the way that it just kind of made sense. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go full time with this. So said I was a professional because that's what I was doing full time and uh, then started, you know, pursuing sponsorships a little bit uh, further from there. And, you know, there certainly isn't enough at this point to really pay all of your bills. So I also um, worked with the company as well, uh, Spikeball Inc., um, helping to introduce uh, Spikeball to PE teachers and kids in schools and stuff like that and kind of grow the sport from the bottom up. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so that's another big passion of mine, and it was cool because they'd pay me to go around the country doing that, and you know, I'd, I'd link that up with my tournament schedule, and um, and yeah, it was just fun. I was just living a life of playing and sharing spike ball with the world. Love it. And, you know, thinking back to when I was in school, spike ball as like a unit in gym class would have been amazing. Yeah, it's it's so cool to see it as one now because um, you know. I would have loved it so much. I would have gotten so like into it um, right off the bat. It like it really brings out the competitive spirit. I think in almost everyone that tries to play it at any level, but especially those 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 athletes that are already playing something else. They just tend to they just tend to really love it, and so it's cool to watch those players really pick it up and you know want to beat you know, everyone else in their class. I just think it's, uh, I just think it's so cool to watch that happen, like, instantly. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna have to set my, my spike ball set up this summer and teach my nephews. I think they'd really enjoy it. Oh, I mean, for sure. How old are they? One is seven, one is five, and one is three. So the three-year-old might be a little bit young, but the other two could get it, could get into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the cool part, too, is that, you know, you can amend the game in a million ways to make it a lot easier for, you know, the young kids to pick it up. So I always start them off by uh, by having them, like, catch and throw it off the net and then, like, toss it, like, like pass and catch it to their partner. That way they kind of learn the rhythm of the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then and, and it, it's it's actually crazy how fast they'll pick up the actual, like, hitting and spiking part after that. But you know, kind of getting them to that point where they're they're understanding the pacing of the game and when is it my turn and when do I like give it to my partner? Um, that's one of the cool things to just see kids, you know, pick that up and uh, and then and then find success with a game that's actually pretty eye hand coordination intensive. Absolutely, yeah, that's good teaching. Yeah. Now, now, Chris, can you talk about that spike ball tournament landscape? Because you're a professional spike baller. You know, your goal is to be in as many tournaments as you can. In the opening, I said you've been in every tournament tour, basically. So talk more about that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, at, at our heart, we're a, grass, a grassroots community. So we're, you know, we're largely self-organized throughout the country. So there are just people hosting casual tournaments all the time uh, and we're kind of developing those local scenes but then simultaneously the company uh, uh, created their own tour uh, around the United States and the first one I think was in 2014 I think it had I don't know how many the first one had in 2014 but I know in 2015 there were like 16 stops all around the U.S. and then they do regionals and nationals and your regionals are where you would you know qualify for your brackets at nationals and and then it'd be a huge blowout um, there. So that was kind of so that's kind of the uh, 
the way that everything's set up. And then, you know, along the tour, you earn points, uh, and that kind of determines your ranking for the next tournaments and stuff like that. So there's kind of a good mixture of like a, a local feel to the community, but then like the the bigger, like more serious, uh, like major tournaments is what we would kind of call them. Gotcha. Now you've obviously traveled a lot. What are some cool places you visited along the tours? No oh, man, I mean so many places. It's been it's been cool. Um, it's so in in 2016, I think I played almost. I think I played like 12 of the 16 tour stops. In 2017, I played all 18 of them. In 2018, I think I played all but like two of them. Uh, so I played a bunch of them, and they're I mean they're everywhere. We've I think one of my favorites was um, it was a smaller tournament because of the location, but it was a uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, I'd never been to Alabama in my life, um, but it's just a, a nice little beach town. It's super, it's super fun. Um, I really enjoyed going to, uh, Quebec or no Montreal for a tour stop. That one was super cool. Um, and then obviously I think one of the ones that always stands out is a uh, summer spike, which is our big one in, in New York. It's, uh, at Coney Island oh, every wow. year. Yeah, and so it, it started on the beaches of Coney Island, and then since then we've actually moved into the um, the minor league baseball stadium that um, that's right there, and uh, so that was cool. And then that was one of the the, fir- the first times that we were ever on ESPN, and had the pleasure of being a part of that, and that was super cool. Yeah, what's that like being on TV? Are you like nervous, or are you just like, all right, this is my moment, I'm ready to go? <laughs> You know, I was I was very glad that I had as much experience as I did uh, before, you know, being on ESPN. Um, I'm one of those people that once I kind of know what I'm doing in a sport, I'm I'm pretty calm and I don't really get nervous. Um, and so I kind of just relished in the fact that, like, people were going to watch this and <laughs> I thought it was super cool. Uh, so I didn't really get, you know, like, old, like overly nervous or anything, but it was definitely surreal watching it back um, yeah. and being like, oh, my God, that is me on TV. And, you know, we're seeing the game shot in angles that we've never done before because, you know, ESPN's got a, a crane and they're they're doing all these aerial shots and we don't we just never had the technology as a community to to view the game from that angle. And so that was super cool. Um, yeah, no, but like I said, I was just glad that I had played as much as I had because I really wasn't all that nervous. Okay, very cool. Now, are the smaller tournaments streaming anywhere? Uh, yeah, so increasingly that's become a big thing. That was a big thing that I was pushing initially as well. Um, and there have been a bunch of other people in the community and uh, and at the company kind of pushing that forward because I think that's, I think because we're such a grassroots community, I think it's important to make sure that they're all able to like watch this, even when we're not able to like all be in one place. Um, so we're streaming tournaments largely over on uh, Twitch at this okay. point, which was a big which was a big push for me. I love Twitch as a platform; it's one of my favorites. I'm on it all the time, and um, so it's cool because you know they're not just streaming video games now; they're you know they're streaming sports. They've got to deal with the NFL to stream stuff too, and um, and so it's been uh, it's been cool to see that develop for sure. Yeah. Now, will your parents watch you on Twitch? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. They, uh, I've, I've always, um, I've always live streamed uh, all of my matches on Twitch ever since I think late 2018. 
So they were always able to at least watch me. And then anytime that we were on the, you know, feature court that the, that the company was doing, you know, they had that covered. So that was cool. So yeah, we were, they were always able to watch that. And then, you know, the times that we were on ESPN, it was like, all right, you know, set your DVR. We're, <laughs> we're live. Amazing. Now, yeah. Spike Ball is two versus two. So do you have a main partner that's with you at all of these tournaments? Um, yeah, so I've kind of moved between a couple of partners. Uh, I had a main one in 2016, then I went to another one in 2017, went back to the first partner in 2018, uh, started 2019 with that partner, but then he got injured, so I had to pick up some other people. And then in general, like, I wind up playing more than any of my partners do, so I'll, I'll kind of be like a free agent and, you know, pick up some other people along the way um, as well, which is cool. Uh, as of right now, I'm taking a little bit of a breather and, and uh, you know, kind of seeing where things go with the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things like you definitely want to have a main partner that you're competing with so that you can earn enough points to make the top bracket at, at nationals every year so that you're actually competing for the title and, and, not, in a, and not in a lower division. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting that you have, you have to, like, switch partners. That, kind, that must sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? The chemistry? I mean, I mean, chemistry is a big part of the game for sure. But what's cool is that, like, once you get to a, a high enough skill level, you will kind of piece together with people um, better than you might imagine. Okay. Um, and, so, and so some of them don't work out, and, but the majority of them can work out. And that's what's exciting about it, too. Okay, nice. Now, yeah. it seems like there are tournaments that are on sand and tournaments that are on grass, maybe even some on a basketball court. Is that right? It's kind of all, all different? Yeah, so what's cool is that, you know, our, our sport's ultra-portable, so you can literally just throw it down and play anywhere. Um, and so that means that we have the opportunity to play on a whole bunch of surfaces. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've played on, you know, all those surfaces that you've mentioned for sure. And then, you know, at, Every time someone challenges the company, they're like, oh, you can't play on this surface. They find a way to make sure that that is possible. So someone said, like, well, you can't play on water. So, like, they literally built uh, a product called Spike Buoy. And I it, think I've seen that. Yeah, it's buoys that attach to the bottom of your set so that it floats. And then it's super cool because you can play in, like, the shallow water uh, of the ocean. You can play in your pool. You can, so there, there, there's literally no excuse to not play spike ball at any given point you can literally play it anywhere yeah yeah you have to get those knee pads and elbows elbow pads on if you're playing on a basketball court though diving hurts yeah i mean luckily i kind of had that all built up from volleyball um you know i never really wore knee pads or anything so i always was a big fan of going to hard court um not as popular among the rest of the community that didn't have the volleyball background because they were like, yeah, it hurts when I dive. And I was like, well, that's why you need to learn how to dive so that it doesn't hurt. Uh, but, I, you know, you can get away with that on grass and sand a little bit easier. <laughs> that is so true. Obviously, you know, you work out to stay in shape for spike ball, but is there a particular way that you actually can practice spike ball? Um, yeah, so I think largely, I think the majority of people are just practicing you know, mostly in groups, so they're playing, you know, pickup games and stuff like that. Um, recently, drills have become a little bit more of a thing, and that's something that I certainly got into. I kind of converted my basement into a, like, spike ball practice room. Uh, and so, yeah, and so if you've, got a, if you've got a couple of walls that have some space on it that you're able to hit against, you can, you can work on a lot of things. You can work on a lot of, you know, offensive shots, and you can work on, 
reflexes and you can work on serves and, 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 and all that stuff on your own. So that was something that, that I did and certainly came in handy during COVID. Yeah, I bet. Now, do you have any trick serves? Oh yeah. Um, serving is, is, is one of the most like expressive parts of our sport. Um, so you can really do a lot there. Uh, f- just for everybody, you're able to, um, so you line up like across from your opponent and then you get one pivot step in any direction. And then once that pivots, once that foot goes down, your feet have to remain planted through your serve. Uh, but you can do anything with the ball. You can contact it from anywhere. So, you know, we got people doing fakes. You got people that, you know, serve with both of their hands. So they'll kind of fake like they're going to serve with their right hand and then quickly switch it over and do it the other way. Um, Our ball allows for a lot of, like, spin to be imparted on it. So a big part of our game is, um, like, a a regular serve versus a cut serve. And so the cut serve is actually, you know, noticeably skipping off the net off to one side or the other. Then someone comes up with the reverse cut serve, which spins the other way. Uh, And then, then, you know, among all of that, you can drop the ball, too. Uh, so, you know, really keeps receivers on their toes. And, uh, so that was one thing, um, I, I kind of borrowed my volleyball serve and I was one of the only people to serve kind of over the top. Uh, so it was almost like a, almost like a pitching motion meets a volleyball serve. Uh, but then I would do a big, uh, like a big swing and intentionally miss and then drop it with the other hand. Uh, and that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a fun one. Um, and uh, that was a cool highlight on ESPN for sure. I, I made sure I made sure I hit one for the cameras when I was on ESPN. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. That's awesome. Wow. Was it a top 10 sports center top 10? Oh, I wish. Unfortunately, they didn't pick that up that week. But oh, um, bummer. There, you know, there, there's always uh, there's always next time, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Now, what is the highest that you have placed or the best that you have placed in spike ball, like in the national tournament? Um, so yeah, on the national scene, um, I've won, uh, yeah, so I finished first place in, I believe 13 mm-hmm. major tournaments over the years. Um, so many second places I can't even count. And then a handful of thirds as well. Um, so I, you know, I've done pretty well. I think, I, I think the pinnacle was probably 2016 and 2017. Our runs were, were, were really good. Uh, and I won three out of the four Grand Slams, both of wow. those years. So those were those were probably our highest. And then obviously winning regionals is cool too, but it's kind of region locked. So when you're you know already slated to be the best uh, in the Midwest when you're competing, and then you get there, it's like uh, it, it's more of an expected result versus when you <laughs> get to win somewhere else. So I'll always I'll always like winning the uh, the Grand Slams in in other areas. Those are oh, kind of yeah. my impressive you're one of the best in the country yeah no it's been it's it's certainly been you know cool to you know see that all happen but then at the same time like I'm just I'm getting older and the young guns are coming in and <laughs> it's crazy what you know these kids that started playing when they're like 16 can do now like all of a sudden they're they're 18 and they're competing with the people that have been playing for you know seven more years than them it's uh it's pretty cool it's a cool time for the sports developing very rapidly absolutely it has become increasingly more popular you know you mentioned they play nationals on espn they also play college spike ball now on espn that must make you so happy yeah i mean my only regret is that i'm not in college to compete in those (laughs) Um, we all wish we were back in college chris 
<laughs> I know, I know. I, I think about it all the time, and especially now. I mean, it's so cool to like see that, you know, developing there. And I think it's it's kind of the future of the sport, and I think it's it's adding a lot of legitimacy to what it is. Like we we do have high schoolers right now that are getting really into this, who are considering, well, how good is that club going to be when I'm there? Because like I want to be on ESPN, and they're only going to put the best clubs on ESPN. So I got to make sure I go somewhere where there's good spike ball to be played and that's that's such a cool thing that like god i wouldn't even have imagined that happened this quickly you know yeah. it's, it's just crazy for sure 100 percent. now it's a club sport now can you see in the future it being like a division one sport at these major universities you know i can i i, I think it's it, i think it's interesting too in because in, in college we're we're playing with a format that's a, a little closer to like a like a tennis meet or something like that so we call it squads and so you either put up a like your your top three teams or your top five teams and they play against each other and then depending on how the aggregate of your club does you advance through a bracket um, and so I think that that has a lot of potential as well but one of our biggest uh, things that we're trying to do is get um, internationally recognized by the Olympic Committee. That's kind of one of the big things that our community is undertaking right now. Um, so we've got our sights set all the way on the top there. We're not we're not even uh, we're not even just focused on college. Obviously, we think that's important too. But you know, we want this to go all the way to the top. That would be amazing to watch spike ball in the Olympics one day. A lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think it would be, I think it'd be super cool. And then I think it would fit in a lot more like, you know, volleyball where you've got, you know, each country sending their top whatever teams, but they're competing, you know, kind of separately. So that would be, you know, the dream. Absolutely. Now, I'm sure the sport took a hit in 2020 as basically everything and everyone did with COVID-19. Were there any tournaments played uh, once the pandemic started? So we did not have a national tour series at all in 2020 uh, because of COVID. And, you know, I think that was the right choice. Our tournament sizes were just too big at some point to really facilitate social distancing. And then our game itself doesn't really allow for a lot of social distancing. And the way our brackets work, too, you're not it's not really like an isolated thing where, like, you know, you're going to interact for, you know, that amount of time but it's just 10 people like you're constantly playing new teams and so with the fear of you know spreading the virus we kind of shut that down um but some independent events did run uh, especially in states that you know had more lax protocols and stuff like that uh, i personally did not play any um after the pandemic um and so yeah it was weird not playing for an entire calendar year um and just playing in my basement and then a couple of super small like four to eight people local pickups in chicago with people that i thought were also you know taking things seriously Mm -hmm. yeah you definitely did the right thing there put your health and safety first but Mm -hmm. yeah it's nice that you have that little basement setup playing against the wall at least (laughs) no yeah no and then at some point it became like all right my main objective is to upgrade this as much as possible so (laughs) you know what can i do there and then i figured out how to you know live stream from that so i was live streaming practice sessions and doing, you know, coaching from there and stuff like that. And that was fun. Um, it, it was just a, it was just a way to keep interacting with the community when we couldn't all be together. You know, so used to seeing some of these people almost every weekend, uh, or, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, there was, I was always seeing somebody, um, at least throughout the year. And it was weird to just see nobody. So 
I had to find a way to connect, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's great. That technology allowed you to connect with them. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been cool too. And then our, our community really stepped up in the, in the content creation during that time as well. It was like, all right, like we can't really play as much right now. So like what skills can I learn to like make better highlight videos or can we like record some matches and then commentate over it and do that stuff. So like it was, it was a fun little challenge to our community uh, to see how we would adapt. And uh, I think we were pretty resilient through it, which was cool. Yeah, for sure. Now the world is opening up a bit in 2021. Are there upcoming tournaments that you're preparing for? Um, so interestingly enough, I'm at like kind of a weird, a weird hiatus right now. Oh, that's why you mentioned that. With Spikeball, yeah. So um, we do have our tour series starting. It was originally supposed to start, I think, April 10th. Um, and that got pushed back a little bit to May 22nd. And all of that is still kind of tentative. You know, we, I, I think the company really wants to make sure that everyone in our age group has gotten a chance to, you know, be vaccinated so that we're hopefully at a point where we've got, you know, herd immunity throughout our events and we're not, you know, recklessly spreading things. So it'll be interesting to see when the tour actually does start. Um, but I've decided at this point to kind of take a little bit of an a little bit of an indefinite hiatus from play with all that uncertainty. Uh, and I'm actually pursuing uh, uh, pickleball right now. So that's why I'm in uh, that's why I'm in Arizona right now. Uh, you know, chasing the warm weather and the and the and the, the pickleball community right now. So. Now you are the king of these unique sports, Chris. Can you explain what pickleball is? Because that's another sport yeah. that's a lot of fun. Yeah, so pickleball, it's, you know, imagine tennis, but condensed. Uh, you're not playing with a uh, stringed racket, but it's actually solid. Um, and then you're hitting a wiffle ball and not a tennis ball. Uh, so it's condensed. And then uh, a unique thing as well is that you can't, um, they, they have what's called a no volley zone. And you sit, so that's the first seven feet uh, closest to the net. And you have to hit the ball out of the air from behind that line. You are allowed to step in it if it does bounce. Um, and so it gets its name from uh, being in a pickle where the ball is just going back and forth super rapidly. So it's, uh, it's kind of a super fast paced uh, game once you kind of get uh, uh, to that stage of it. So it's been a, it's been a fun little ride. I played it in high school, and for the longest time, I thought my high school just invented that sport. I didn't know it was like a real sport until years later. Amazing. Yeah, so I didn't realize that it was like a sport at all. We also had it in high school, and I loved it because I was a tennis player, so I loved all the racket sports. I loved badminton and, and everything else that we played, too. Um, and, but I especially like pickleball because, you know, you could just you could just whack the thing. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that that's kind of how I like to play all my sports. I like to speed things up. I like to hit things hard. So, um, you know, I was, I, I loved it. I, I played it on a cruise a couple of times, uh, cause they had courts. And, um, so I just thought it was the coolest thing. But after I started deciding like, all right, I want to start looking at some other sports here. I thought of pickleball and said like, I don't know what this community looks like. Like are people playing this professionally? Is that like an option? Do they have national tournaments? Is it local? And it turns out like they've got a whole a whole scene here, and it's and it's crazy. And they have people that are like you know full time living off of tournament winnings, which you know we haven't progressed quite to that point in in spike ball yet. So you know it's uh, it's cool to see where you know spike ball can be at some point too, and where pickleball has gotten to 
quietly without me even knowing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, are you considered a professional pickleball player as well? Uh, I would definitely not consider myself a professional at this point, um, but I am just kind of looking into the option. I think I'm naturally just sort of pretty good at it uh, with my background. Um, I officially came to Arizona, I think, now 13 days ago. Um, so I've been playing for a little less than two weeks, and um, I'm just kind of picking it up and seeing where I'm going. Uh, so, you know, hopefully uh, at the end of this little month-long experiment, I'll feel, you know, a little, a little more confident in about going full-time with this. Uh, but it's certainly going to be a journey because I'll be starting from ground zero as opposed <laughs> to, you know, that being a leader in the in the spike ball community i picked it up when it was so young that it was like all right like i'm gonna be good if i throw myself at it because i'll have played longer than anybody mm -hmm. but now everyone's everyone's got a little bit of an edge on me here so it's about how fast can i kind of adapt to this and we'll find out if that's uh if that's plausible or not yeah you're the new guy on the block <laughs> yeah certainly the new guy on the block and uh you know, I, I kind of started the first couple of days just by playing, uh, you know, within my parents' retirement community. So I'm playing a bunch of, you know, I'm playing a bunch of, uh, a bunch of old guys here. But I'll tell you, they, when they know what they're doing and I don't, they're making me look like a fool. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's actually been really fun. Um, and then I actually just got to compete in my first tournament this last weekend, and that went pretty well. So I feel... Uh, I feel hopeful. I feel hopeful that this is going to be, you know, something that I can do either in addition to or in lieu of. I don't really know. We'll, we'll, we'll just kind of see where it goes. Yeah, I saw that you finished second in this tournament this the last weekend. That's amazing for just starting. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty good for, you know, having only played for like 10 days at that point. Um, but it was definitely in one of the lower divisions. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle bracket right now. Uh, but I'm hoping to graduate to the next one uh, before my next tournament in two weeks. And we'll see how I fare there. I hope to do kind of similarly and just kind of progress up to that, you know, top level of play as fast as possible. And hopefully it'll be something that I can get to in about a year or two. And I think that's kind of a realistic timeline anyway. But for now, it's just like how fast can you get there? It's a little bit. Yeah. Now, is the tournament in two weeks also in Arizona? Uh, yeah, so actually the, the tournament that I played in was actually in Vegas, so I drove all the way out there. Oh, wow. Um, it's only like a four and a half hour drive from, from Phoenix, so it's not too bad. Uh, and then this one's up in, a little bit north of Phoenix in Prescott, Arizona. Oh. So, um, should be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be really cool if you were able to do both spike ball and pickleball as a professional one day. Yeah, you know, like I think that they might be able to complement each other pretty well too. Um, and so that's what, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so new into this kind of part of the whole journey here that I don't really know exactly how those are going to, you know, compete with each other or work with each other. Um, and so, um, I'm excited to see where it all ends up. Um, but it would be cool to be able to, you know, maintain both of those. Um, cause then, you know, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have two sports I love as opposed to just the one and, and that's, uh, and that's always better. And you'd be in amazing shape. I can't even imagine playing two sports professionally right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a lot for sure. Because I, you know, I haven't my incentive to train as hard as I usually do has been a little bit lower with COVID and oh, for sure, really having you know that that motivating factor of like you've got a tournament coming up. Um, so you know, I'm definitely not in the best shape I've ever been in. But pickleball is 
is getting me there very rapidly for sure. Cause I'm, you know, I'm playing four to six hours every single day. So, oh, um, yeah. you, you kind of got to adapt quickly. And if it's anything like tennis, you are working up a sweat. I mean, when I play tennis, I'm like dying out there. It's a good cardio workout. Yeah, no, it is. It is definitely intensive. And even with doubles, um, a lot of it is so like fast twitch muscles that like you're always kind of on edge and you're always making little micro adjustments. So you're kind of always moving, even if it doesn't look like it. Um, but then I played singles this weekend too. And it's the same exact court, like in tennis, uh, you know, doubles gets the little alleys added onto it. And then in singles, you don't have quite as much ground to cover in singles pickleball. You have the same amount of ground to cover. You just have to do it yourself. Oh, um, and, and, and yeah, I was, I, I was certainly getting worked out there too. And I had never played singles before I entered that tournament too. So I was trying to figure it out while getting run all over the place. It was, it was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Chris, going back to spike ball for a minute, I need your advice because I, I've said I've played, I haven't played in a couple of years, and this summer I'm going down to a to a beach trip with my boyfriend and a few of his friends, and you know we're getting pick, we're getting um, we're getting spike ball out, and we're gonna have a little tournament. So, hmm. how do I do? Any any tips you can give me? Of course, one, especially at that level, don't miss your serves. Okay. Two, make the other team beat you. Two, um, your goal is not to set your partner, but instead to set the ball at the net. So you, a good set will land on the net itself. So that's your target. Your target is in your partner. You're not aiming for their face. You're aiming for the net. And then if you're hitting, you want that ball to get as low to the net as possible. And then you want to swing at it sideways, almost like, almost like tennis or underhand almost as opposed to spiking the ball from over your head, like a volleyball, which is kind of what everyone wants to do because it's called spike ball and you spike a volleyball. But if you think about it, when you hit the ball down into the trampoline, it's only going to go up, which mm -hmm. gives the person a lot of time to get to the ball and get under it. But if you let the ball get low and you kind of skim it across the net, and then you're hitting low and far, and it makes it a lot harder for the other team to get there. So if you learn how to set the ball to the net and hit the ball low, you will destroy everyone who is playing casually. That's for sure. Okay. I love that. Thank you for that advice. Happy to help. And, you know, I have a few months before this trip happens, so maybe I will set up my own volleyball, my own spike ball court in my basement along the walls and try to do some trick spikes. Who knows? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely bust that out. Start hitting against a wall. Uh, you know, search on YouTube and start, uh, you know, emulating what the top players are doing and stuff like that. And, uh, and you'll blow everyone out of the water. All right. I hope so. <laughs> Chris, I have loved our conversation. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? Uh, sounds fun. All right. First question. What's your favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie is definitely Beaver Vendetta. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. I've seen that a few times. Yep, absolutely love it. Just obsessed with every part of it. <laughs> nice. All right, next question. You're a Chicago guy. What professional sports teams do you root for? Um, definitely White Sox over Cubs. Ooh, okay. Definitely Blackhawks, especially playoffs Blackhawks. Gotta love that. Mm -hmm. um, Bears, obviously, for sure. Um, I don't know. What other major sports am I missing here? You got the Bulls. Michael Jordan's oh, Bulls. Yeah, got to go with the Bulls. Although, um, 
the only time I didn't root for the Bulls was when I was rooting for the Jazz back in the 90s because uh, my dad's cousin uh, played for the Jazz back oh, in the no 90s. way. Who was yeah. it? Uh, Jeff Hornacek. Oh, my God. I didn't even put that together. Wow, you're related to Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. Amazing. Well, no wonder yeah. you're so athletic. It's in the genes. Yeah, I... I you know, luckily I, I caught whatever he caught too, so that uh, so that helps for sure. Nice, nice. Are you close with Jeff? Uh, you know, not overly so. Um, but he's uh, his his son just got married a couple of years ago in Chicago, and you know we were there. Um, you know, he's been he's been largely in Arizona and New York lately with his you know previous coaching jobs, and so uh, you know with him not being in Chicago, it's a little bit tougher. But mm-hmm. you know, you know we see his family and stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's a coach. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Chris. Last question. If you could have dinner with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, God. Dinner with anybody, living or dead. Man, it's a tough one. Um, I guess I would go with. Uh, one of my biggest, um, yeah, I'd go with, i go with Phil Dahlhauser. Um, he's, he's one of those athletes that I look to a lot for inspiration. He's one of those people that plays the game a little abnormally, um, and has leaned into his strengths and being a little bit weird. Um, so I'd love to talk to him about, you know, his decisions to do that and how he stayed great for so long. I mean, he's still competing at the top of, men's beach volleyball and he's he's 40 like it's wow that's inspiring to me like i want to i want to be one of those people that plays sports for you know the entirety of my lifetime and i think it's cool that he's a he's been able to just stay as as prevalent in a very demanding sport for as long as he has so it has to be dollhauser yeah that's a great one be a good conversation yeah Chris, thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast, especially with all the pickleball training you're doing. I'm really looking forward to following now your pickleball journey, your spike ball journey, if you get back to it, maybe both if it happens one day. I'm excited mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, thanks. Um, it was super fun. I'm glad you reached out. Um, you know, happy to tell everyone here about spike ball and happy to get you, uh, you know, beating your family at Blake this year, you know? <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, everyone, that was my chat with Chris Hornacek. Hope you enjoyed it. Pickleball and spikeball are both such interesting sports. I'd love to see Chris be able to go professional in both. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.